0: In the name of our Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Gone from our sight is the Lord of life. We wait and we wait and we wait. And there are times that you, I'm sure, have felt so certain and firm and joyful in your faith that nothing could shake it and that. You would dare the world to do its worst. And then there are other times I'm equally sure that you felt uncertain at the end of your rope, one bad turn away from a complete loss of faith. These ups and downs are part of the Christian life, human life, sinful life. It's a reality that must be acknowledged, that the devil is real the world is really sinful, and each one of us has that real sinful nature within us. As you face these difficult realities, remember what Jesus told you. This isn't a remembrance that we affect on our own, but we hear and we speak from the Holy Spirit. And all along the way, the Word sustains our faith. When Jesus left his disciples, he gave them the hope of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me, Jesus said. He's called the paraclete, the counselor, the one who puts distressed minds at rest. And he does this by testifying about Jesus. There's no comfort to be found anywhere else, in fact, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. St. Paul was adamant about this in numerous places in his epistles. He said, for I had no intention of knowing anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. For this would be the work of the Holy Spirit, to testify about Jesus. And therefore, St. John also advised in his first epistle, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And so be advised, be warned, that there are many spirits that are not of God. In our World Religions Bible study, we've examined many of those false spirits, and they all boil down to essentially the same thing. All these false spirits that are not from God do the same thing. They aim to teach you, essentially, that you do not need Jesus. But there is one spirit who has been sent by God the one who testifies about Jesus So much of our faith is put into the metaphor of a courtroom. That justification is a forensic term that God declares us innocent and righteous, and not guilty. But at the same time, I don't think it's really much of a metaphor. God is the king and a king is a judge. The throne room is a courtroom where cases are pleaded, testimonies are heard and judgments are made. The Holy Spirit who would come would be just such a witness placed on the stand in order to give his testimony. And his testimony would be all about Jesus. But there's a different effect here. In this courtroom where the Holy Spirit is testifying, the ones who hear the testimony and the ones who need convincing are people, the apostles, the people in Jerusalem, those throughout Judea and those all over the whole world and throughout time. The effort of the Holy Spirit would be to cause men to believe in Jesus so that we might have salvation. But even still, we're not the judges. The metaphor stumbles a little bit if we try to sit ourselves on the bench. No man is a king, not even of his own fate. So I propose a slightly different picture here. And each individual heart is not the seat of the judge, but it's the location where court is held in session. The case is, should this heart live or die? Already when the judge and advocates and witnesses arrive, the heart is dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked when you followed the ways of this present world. You were following the ruler of the domain of the air, the spirit now at work in the people who disobey. Formerly, we all lived among them in the passions of our sinful flesh as we carried out the desires of the sinful flesh and its thoughts. Like all the others, we were by nature objects of God's wrath. So as you can see here, you and I were actually more than dead. We were subjects of the devil. We were enemies of God. Already this case is stacked very strongly against us. But here we have comfort because we have an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the whole world. This advocate, our attorney and our Savior, Jesus Christ, he stands before the throne of God to build this case for our life. And as his star witness, he calls the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit delivers the gospel into our ears. He takes the life of Jesus, the righteousness that He has, the blood that He shed to pay for our sins, and He washes it over your heart. You see proof, therefore, in that this body stands and speaks and walks. It's not dead. It's not an object of God's wrath any longer. It's redeemed, alive. Saved. The devil is unseated from within our hearts, and the triune God takes up residence. And therefore, we also speak. And you also are going to testify, Jesus told the apostles, because you have been with me from the beginning. They have testified. The Holy Spirit came upon them on that first Pentecost, one week from today, so that they were able to speak. They shared the gospel in such a way that dead hearts were able to hear. And come alive into the mouths of men sinful human beings this powerful word has come and they wrote that word into what we have received that great heritage that we have the New Testament fulfilling the old and that's how you heard the Holy Spirit The powerful word of God, the very same that created this life-filled world in six days, the very same word that called dead Lazarus out of his tomb, it's spoken to you from his scripture. It's touched you and connected with water in baptism, fed to you in the bread and the wine, which are made also Jesus' true body and blood. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit, And because you have heard from him, you also are going to testify. Jesus promised the crowds at a festival when all was quiet and they were receiving blessed water. He shouted with a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. As the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from deep within the person who believes in me. So because you've received this grace of God that all your sins are forgiven so that you have eternal life, you are also filled with the Holy Spirit in order to tell others. And Jesus promised as well, whenever they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand what you should say. Say whatever is given to you in that hour because you will not be the one speaking. Instead, it will be the Holy Spirit. It's true. Persecution will come. It's impossible for us to keep our faith in such a time when it's bombarded from without and from within. But it's the word that sustains that faith. I've told you these things that you will not fall away. That's what Jesus told his disciples. And that Greek word for fall away is skandalistete. Skandalistete. It sounds like the English word scandal but its meaning is a little more nuanced than that. It has to do with being made to trip, to fall, to stumble. It has the idea of a trap being set, a stumbling block put in the way. Sometimes it means to offend, to make someone feel revulsion and hostility towards something. So it would be possible, of course, for a Christian to encounter suffering, impossible difficulties and pains, and as a result to become convinced that Christianity is disgusting and it's offensive and it's problematic. St. Paul declared that we preach Christ crucified, which is offensive to Jews and foolishness to Greeks. When he said offensive, the word is related to Jesus' word, "skandalisteta," And it has indeed happened, unfortunately, that many Christians have fallen away because they couldn't permit the pain to stand. When we mention it in a context like this, it does sound easy to all of us sitting here. Let them come for me. Let persecution come. I'll stand up in the face of that difficulty. But that persecution is really only a part of it. Jesus warned the apostles, they will put you out of the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who murders you will think that he is offering a service to God. And all of that came true for them. They were literally put out of the synagogues. They were put to death by people who thought they were doing the right thing. Remember that these were Jewish men. The synagogue was central to their identity and their heritage. It was where their people met, their families and their friends were at the synagogue. Who would they be if that synagogue was taken away from them? If they didn't have that one thing... Who could they claim to be? In fact, the way the Greek is phrased, apasunagogus, poiesus in it means they will make you out of the synagogue people. It's one word. They'll make you people who are out of the synagogue. It's a label, a new label, a new non-identity that's going to be put on those disciples. They would be pruned and cut off from what was central to who they were, that synagogue. What is that thing in your life? Is it your heritage? Is it your family? Is it your friend group? Your sports teams? Your TV shows? What's that, what's that one thing that you can't live apart from besides Jesus? For some people, historically, it's been their sexual identity or sexual orientation. For some, it has been the extracurricular activities of their kids. Brothers, it has been the idea that not all will be saved. And for still more, it has been the thought that some that they find distasteful are actually just as saved as they are. Whatever that thing is for you, that's exactly where the devil is going to attack you. That's your weak spot. That's where the world is going to target you as well. It's where your sinful flesh is strongest and where it's easiest for you to stumble and fall. So remember what Jesus has told you. He's told you these things so that when their time comes, you may remember. And it isn't just to remember that those bad things are going to happen. Jesus isn't just showing off everything he knows. And he isn't just telling you to be ready for the worst either. He's telling you that he is with you through the worst. The reason the world would treat the disciples As Jesus wickedly said they would Jesus says because they have not known the Father or me that wicked attack isn't a target against you you see they're targeting Christ in you the very beginning of st. John's gospel testifies the real light that shines on everyone was coming into the world he was in the world and the world was made through him Yet the world did not recognize Him. God is rejected by the world. Jesus is rejected by the world. Satan took control of the world in the garden and marshaled it in war against heaven. But a few verses earlier in John's Gospel, we read the light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One more Greek word for you. The word overcome, kateleben. Katelaben means to comprehend or to understand as well as to overcome or to defeat. Those thoughts are all connected. This wicked, sinful, broken world can't understand or hold or contain Christ and his cross. And in their warring against him, they can't overcome him or defeat him either. And that also means that they will not understand Christ in you. And as they fight against him there, which means that they will fight against you, they won't defeat him there either. I did not tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you, Jesus said. That is, the disciples might have been attacked by the world while Jesus walked on it, but those attacks were instead always directed where Christ was most visible. They didn't need to be prepared for those attacks themselves because Jesus was there to defend. And they could see him doing so. They witnessed the verbal fencing between Jesus and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. And they saw how no one could conquer him. At least until Jesus gave up his own life. They needed the assurance now that even when they could not see him, still no one would be able to conquer him. And this is assurance for you too. Indeed, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. In baptism, Jesus takes up residence within you. Your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. And this means that you are a target for the devil, for the world, and for your own sinful flesh. And you will face attacks from one or more of these battalions of hell every day of your life. But it also means... Because Christ lives in you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, it means you are unconquerable. In Holy Communion, Jesus' body and blood enter into your body in a physical way. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a communion of the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a communion of the body of Christ? In in that sacrament, because we receive the body that is born of Mary, which is now seated at the right hand of power, And the blood that was shed on the cross, which now flows from the Lamb on His throne. Forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given to us through these words. So yes, the devil, the world, and your own sinful flesh are going to attack the Christ who resides in you once again. But in this sacrament, we also have the remedy and the cure and the sure defense. Faith, we say, is strengthened in the sacrament. That's the work of Jesus, building up the fortress in your heart and the Holy Spirit comforting you in the face of an attack. In God's Word, you have this confidence as well. Therefore, continue in the things you have learned and about which you have become convinced, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Salvation is founded upon the Word of Jesus which delivers you and delivers that redemption to you from the cross. And salvation is maintained by that Word within your heart. So although He's gone, He's not gone. He's with you in His Word and His sacraments, and you can be sure of that because He has attached His promise to those very things. When suffering or difficulty or pain or loss or persecution come upon you, Remember what Jesus has told you. You don't have to be strong enough. You don't have to figure that out. Jesus is strong enough for you. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto everlasting life. Amen.